KZSU Stanford University's FM radio station, broadcasting across the Bay Area on 90.1 FM and across the world at kzsu.org from the campus of Stanford University and on location. This is the Entrepreneur's radio show and podcast featuring in-depth one-on-one interviews with purpose-driven entrepreneurs and high-performance game changers committed to extraordinary ideas, preeminence, and multi-generational success. Our radio show and podcast illuminates the struggle, breakthroughs, and exceptional outcomes these game changers bring to industries, organizations, and lives. Hosted by yours truly, Tom DiOro, principal of Father Media. Our guest today, please welcome Craig Kleeman, the world's greatest cold caller. Craig is recognized as the world's leading expert on sales process, sales transformation, and professional motivation. Craig is the uh, is the founder and CEO of the SalesCadence.com, the world's leading sales outreach messaging tool. He's consulted with more than 150 companies and his proprietary sales methodology, the Must React system, has resulted in 250,000 plus meetings won with senior executives. Damn, 250,000 plus. For more information, feel free to visit craigkleeman.com. Again, craigkleeman.com or thesalescadence.com. Craig, after that long introduction, how are you, man? I am doing great, Tom. Thanks for having me today. Oh, I'm honored, really, and, and excited. I know that's kind of a standard uh, host today, but really, no, I've been fired up to uh, to talk with you for a while. And Craig, if, uh, you know, I like to start uh, our show with something funny, if you will. What uh, it may have happened uh, in the recently or maybe in the past that you can kind of think of that may have been a little like surprising and that turned out to be rather humorous even if you refer like to your sunglasses that you're always wearing well i do get asked about my sunglasses often tom so that's kind of interesting you know some guys collect watches and boats and other sorts of fun things and i collect sunglasses and i wear them all the time whether i'm in you know at home or in public or my uh, client work, speaking at at events and stuff, and people do ask me, "Hey, Craig, what's the deal with the sunglasses? Why are you always <laughs> wearing them?" And I always answer, you know, the truth, which is that some years ago I became very, very not just acquainted with, but I really committed myself to the purposefulness or the idea of an insatiable curiosity. And as I've traveled the globe and stuff with my work and just even personal travel, Tom, I've realized that there is tremendous power in external perspectives. Hmm. And I was greatly influenced by Rick Smith's book, The Power of Extraordinary Executives. And in his research, he surfaced that the intellectually curious executive will always outperform the executive who is not so curious. And all of that made a big impact on me on really wanting to constantly embrace the power of external perspectives and learning from others. And so guess what? I wear those sunglasses. I wear one of hundreds of pairs of sunglasses every day as a constant reminder 
that there's power in the external perspectives and to keep my radar up for insatiable learning at all times. Uh-huh. So that's what it is. So now we've, 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 we've heard that insatiable learning, insatiable learning. So Craig, with that curious sense of curiosity, I, I've been accused of having the curiosity of a four-year-old boy. I, I, it sounds like you have that, that level of curiosity too. Is that something that you, if you can look back as far as you can, you've always had, you know, as far, I, you know, yeah, you know, Tom, I think there's always been a pang and a, an angst in my heart for that. And then I think as I came of age and began creating, you know, like a worldview and, you know, really more of a seasoned adult type of view of the world, um, through my readings and my studies and being exposed to some really smart people, I think that probably childhood curiosity that I could never, ever have explained if my life depended upon it really became kind of a rational philosophical view for me. And, and those sunglasses are just the constant. I do believe in symbolisms. I think symbolisms are powerful. And so it's a symbolic reminder of a truth that I want to stay committed to as a lifelong journey. Very good. Let's talk about uh, the LinkedIn post you did. Uh, share with us again the uh, the free tune. The reason why I know what it is, I can't recall exactly. I just remember I captured the essence of it because I other things doing. But I love that you talked about the importance of you know with the video conferencing and how we're all operating out of our houses and we need to be you know almost really really professional about being this way and the music you led with is uh the tune um all right now by free which happens to also be the stanford fight song how ironic that i led with that today the day yes. that we're recording this podcast together isn't that cool and beyond cool it really is wow well listen you know what i'm a rock and roll person at heart tom i'm, I'm personal friends with bono of you too and i just saw them in Singapore uh, last December, right before really all the COVID stuff started yeah. becoming problematic. And um, I just love music. And you, for people who follow me and read my books and read my blogs and things like that, you'll just see, they'll see rock music lyrics all over the place. And when I write, Tom, really music is my biggest source of uh, inspiration and it turns out this morning on a, on a post that i wrote really just over the weekend for linkedin that i wanted to talk about how important it is that now we're inviting everyone to their place because of the change in with covid and remote working and the importance of being really pristine and clean with video and I kept getting this thing of like, we're inviting everyone to our place mm -hmm. and everyone's going to see every move on our face. And then suddenly that song by free all right now just came to me and I threw the song on my surround sound. And then the post that I wrote just flowed like a river where I opened up with, you know, something like <laughs> I took her home to my place, watching every move on her face, which is, Paul Rogers lyrics. He's the lead singer front man for free. Mm -hmm. And that came to me and then I just kind of opened up with that. 
and then went straight into five tips for really optimizing your in-home studio environment. So I'm glad you noticed it. And I really had a lot of fun writing that. It was fantastic. Well, good. I like that. I don't know if you're always going to lead off with that, you know, a musical reference. And however, that's, that definitely is talk about your, uh, your social cues. That may be one for you as well. I do. You know, I, I'm just such a lover of all types of music and I have it on a lot of people have the TV on all day. I can't, I really can't. That confuses me watching all the news and who's <laughs> wrong, you know? So I just like to put on good music and those lyrics and a good vibe will always inspire me. So I do lead with, with rock music quite often. And in my books, I cite lyrics and, and musicians. I tend to think that the real prophets and the real spiritual truths in many ways have come from poets, uh, artists, and musicians. And when I look at lyrics, like really profound lyrics from people like Bob Dylan or Bono or others that just kind of come to mind, I also tend to think that lots of truths, culturally, spiritually, and otherwise, kind of emanate from the artists, the poets, and the uh, musicians of our day. So I, I pay close attention to that for a lot for a lot of good reasons. Outstanding. You're listening to the Entrepreneur's Radio Show and Podcast on KZSU Stanford 90.1 FM with uh, Tom DiOro. And we're talking today with Craig Kleeman, founder of the Sales Cadence. For more information, feel free to visit the salescadence.com. Again, the salescadence.com. Craig, if we touch again on that, the spiritual truths come from that, that, that music, I think there's a, there's a strong element of a heart and a soul and a grit that you've, uh, uh, obviously in, in looking um, at your accomplishments, is there. And most businesses do not talk about, you know, this, a, a link or uh, businesses as an artist. But in my view, I think business very much is just like music, art, or poetry. What's your thought? Oh, man, I'm really glad that you said that, Tom. And I really stand with you shoulder to shoulder <sighs> on that comment. I really view, in my case, I can tell you right now, just I built a, you know, I'm real proud of the sales practice, the, the growth advisory and sales development consulting practice that I've built over the years. I'm real proud of the books that I've written. I'm real yeah. proud of just the work. But I can tell you that underneath it all is really art and artistry and creativity. And it's interesting, you know, the, the artistry part of it has really come to me rather naturally and rather easily. The quantitative tracking the uh, analytical components for which there's a whole lot of it in my business and in my, all of my consulting engagements, there's a lot of tracking and analysis and analytics sure. to prove what's working and do split AB testing and um, double down on what is working and abandon what isn't working, things like that. But all that said, even though my methodology incorporates a bit of all of it, I've had to really work hard at the analytical things, but the more spiritual things, the more creative things, the artistic things, they've been far more innate 
and they've come and bubbled up, I believe, very much in my practice and my content. Mm -hmm. And I'm quite, quite thankful for that. So I think creativity and artistry is, at least for me, really is the baseline, the heart of my business and my practice. Yeah, it's definitely definitely evident in uh, obviously not just your love of music, but just in your practice. How do you share that with your clients? And if, if, is there a mental or a, a process, a checklist, I guess, that you go through with each client? Or do they vary in so far as what kind of results they're looking for that you can actually help them with? So are you, now are you asking, Tom, how do I just functionally perform? Or how does the creative kind of artistry part come out of it. I'm just curious what you dude, dude, let's go with the artistry part. Let's, we're there. Let's stay there because that's not a common talk in business is, is that it is an art just not too unlike if not exactly like Michelangelo or, 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 or Bono or anyone. It really isn't, at least in my view, and you obviously seem to share mm -hmm. it too. But I, it's not talked about very often. Yeah, but, no, I'm glad. I, I appreciate you wanting to go deeper on that because I really view my work, I pour my heart and my soul into my work and I really view it as my Rachmaninoff's third or my right. you know, my, uh, you know, I really view it as, you know, I, I feel like my workbooks and my playbooks and all my content that if they were any smarter, they by themselves could write a book <laughs> and, a book that would make Ulysses look like it was written in crayon, you know? And <laughs> I, great. I have a lot of pride in that, you know? But, you know, I share with my clients and people like you who ask me questions kind of all the time. Like, people will say to me, for example, Craig, what is your favorite sales book? Because, you know, a lot of what I do is centered around growing companies so they get to a place of valuation, for example, a company I just worked with the last couple of years, just a few months ago, sold to Chase Morgan for $505 million all cash. And my growth advisory models had a whole lot to do with that growth happening for that company to command that level Evaluation. So, you know, when, when people ask me, how do you do it? What has motivated you? What's behind all this? Like, for example, what's your favorite sales book? It's often, you know, something I'm asked. And I say, you know, my favorite sales book will shock you, but it's a book called Systematic Theology by the late Dr. Wayne Grudem. And People will say, okay, come on, Craig, you got to explain that. That makes no sense whatsoever. And then I go on to say, well, maybe to you it doesn't, but it does to me, and here's why. Because fundamentally, the profession of sales is all about process, it's about communications, and it's about language. And underneath all that, when we begin to understand the science of language, hermeneutics, when we begin to understand hermeneutics, which is the science of language and syntactical linguistics, and when we apply that to the power of persuasion and then apply that to the profession of sales and then ultimately create a process that's rooted in that 
that's really when the magic begins to happen. And books like Systematic Theology, for example, even though the first time I read it, and believe me, it is a book about the size of Ulysses, <laughs> the first time I read it, I read it more for a hunger for theology, just to really get myself better acquainted with theological modalities and concepts. But ultimately, its application for me personally had far more relevance in my profession of sales consulting and growth advisory to CEOs of companies that really truly need to grow. And that's because there's so much power in the science of language when it's applied properly and when it's applied powerfully to the function of sales. Wow. You really get to the heart, it, it looks like, of, of, a, of an organization or a company. And maybe even more so, I mean, take a stab at it if you don't have to, sh- if you're at liberty to share with me. Do you even find the heart of a, of a company or organization even more so sometimes than this, the, the CEOs? I can tell you that I think the heartbeat of an organization is ultimately where the action really happens. And my advice, the executives that I work with to really go deep and really discover the heart and the soul of the organization and, and really cause that discovery to manifest itself through culture. And some of the companies that like, for example, the company that I just mentioned, you know, I had that big payday of sell, selling $505 million, all cash, to uh, Chase Morgan. I mean, it's really because the CEO there was super in tune and committed to the soul of the company. And he created a culture that was just off the hook in terms of valuing the people. And, for example, I... Remember, very, very tragically, his executive assistant a number of years ago, very, very, just out of nowhere, she was, you know, the appearance of the, just the epitome of health. And just out of nowhere had an onslaught of cancer in her brain. And sadly, her life was taken due to brain cancer very quickly. I mean, within... 30 or 45 days of discovery. Mm. And the CEO there was just so in tune and the company was just so brokenhearted that, that the company celebrated, her name was Nikki, celebrated her life. And to this day, several years later, uh, because of David's great leadership, that company gifts $50,000 a year to an organization, I believe it's called the Windship Organization. I've donated to it myself a few times that is um, centered around research to overcome the monster of brain cancer. So when you start seeing things like that, where leaders really touch the soul of a company and it manifests itself in the culture and the way they interact, it creates loyalty, it creates growth, creates goodness for the shareholders. It creates valuation. And uh, so I hope I answered your question properly. Absolutely. That's my commentary for you. Absolutely. This is just terrific. This is also the Entrepreneur's Radio Show and Podcast on KZSU Stanford, 90.1 FM. We're talking today with Craig Kleeman, 
founder of the Sales Cadence. For more information, feel free to visit thesalescadence.com. Again, that is the salescadence.com. Craig, we can talk about that culture because I really think it's, um, I know it's mentioned, and but it's, it's not as focused, especially after that very moving experience that you shared with uh, with your audience today. How does culture affect you like almost from one client or to another in that it seems like there's probably a lot of growth within you that happens in addition to providing them with a valuable professional service. Is that, is that mm-hmm. true or am I, am I reaching once again? No, it's true. In fact, I'll tell you, Tom, and, and my services are, you know, they're expensive. You know, we, we really throw a lot of effort in each of our projects and the companies that work with us make a big financial commitment to us. And I want to be sure that we reciprocate that and give a big, big commitment right back to them. And, you know, what I've really found is that when they, you know, when we get close and we, we begin to know each other and the executives begin to trust, you know, sometimes when, you know, let's say an investor or a private equity person who's responsible for that company and their portfolio, they may introduce me as a consultant. Sometimes there's a little bit of, oh my gosh, I got to deal with this consultant, you know, at least at first, <laughs> you know, the, the money guys are forcing us to deal with this guy. But no, I work really hard at creating personal, personal relationships and bonds, understand how we can make an impact on the culture, not just the growth. And you know what? I got to tell you, I learned so much from my clients, Tom that usually by the time an engagement is over, I will look the, the, the key senior executives that I've been working with, working with, I'll look them in the eye and I'll, I'll almost with tears, a few times with tears. And I'll say, you know what guys, I should have paid you for this engagement versus you paying me because I've learned so much about your industry, about your, your deep profound commitment to creating outcomes with your products and how you all function solically here. So, yeah, I mean, I almost feel like I should pay them more times than they pay me, Tom, for real. Wow. You know, just really going, uh, and we still got some time in, in, uh, in your show today, but it's really like full circle in that we're going back to that artistry in business and I, honestly, I did not think of that when I when I thought oh, that Craig's coming on the show. I'm real fired up about it and all, but that was not the intent to actually look at the actual business as, as artistry. I know, and it is a science too. What have we not covered? I know we have such a short time um, that you would like to share with your audience today. You know, it would, it would, maybe we want to do this on another show, but I can touch on this because we need to go deeply, but they're in the function of sales. Let me back up the train. Let me say something else. Because the, a big part of the audience here are entrepreneurs, let me say that I am just a big, big, firm believer in the power of entrepreneurialism. And I'm not saying that entrepreneurialism is the key to world peace, but I do believe that it is had made just about as positive of an impact on, on our culture and society as any other concept or any other function 
in the history of, in modern history. Entrepreneurialism, it just gives people freedom. It gives them an opportunity to create wealth that they can then, you know, be great givers and good stewards of that. Mm -hmm. uh, entrepreneurs have an ability to create jobs and create relationships through those jobs, strengthen families. So I'm a big, big believer in entrepreneurial entrepreneurialism. Mm -hmm. And I would encourage all of the people in the audience today who are thinking about taking the plunge, do it. <laughs> and if you fail once or twice, welcome to entrepreneurialism. So have I. And I can tell you that while, you know, I'm proud of my accomplishments, Tom, and while I could sit and talk about awards and, you know, like, for example, my methodology has driven companies to, to collectively $4 billion in valuation. These are like companies that just drove it up to big values and sold the company very significantly. And yeah, I'm proud of all that. You know, I'm, I think that's, that's awesome. But Absolutely. really underneath it all is getting to the heart and the soul and launching more and more and more entrepreneurs to keep building and keep strengthening our culture and our society with a lot of economic goodness and a lot of spiritual goodness. Craig, outstanding, outstanding. It's been a real honor and pleasure having you today. Thank you. Thank you very much, Craig. Dude, it's been my pleasure. And I am in downtown Chicago right now, and I can see Navy Pier from my balcony. And the only thing missing, Tom, is you. Oh, I gotta, we got to meet. We'll meet up, especially yeah, after we, this all clears up. We can this cook clears out, up. grill out on my balcony and have a nice beverage and have a great talk we'll have to get that scheduled let's i'll be that. on it i'd love to do it love to do it you've been listening to the entrepreneurs radio show and podcast our guest today has been craig kleeman the world's greatest cold caller craig is recognized as the world's leading expert on sales process sales transformation and professional motivation the sales cadence offers highly instructive live workshops and live boot camps that help transform selling effectiveness and sales architecture. He's consulted with more than more than 150 companies in his proprietary uh, sales methodology. The must react system has resulted in, uh, I have this right, 250,000 plus, 250,000 plus meetings won with senior executives. For more information, feel free to visit thesalescadence.com. Again, thesalescadence.com. Join us again next time when we welcome another purpose-driven entrepreneur and super high-performance game changer committed to extraordinary ideas, preeminence, and multi-generational success. I'm Tom Duro. The Entrepreneur's Show is recorded at Stanford University Studios in Palo Alto and, of course, now on location. Our chief audio engineer is Eris Chakopoulos, chief engineer Mark Lawrence, and we're all assisted by Peter Caroline and Omar El Sabrao. The executive producer and host of The Entrepreneur Show is yours truly, Tom Dioro. If you wish to contact us, our email address is interviews at kzsu.stanford.edu. Again, that's interviews with an S at kzsu.stanford.edu. 